from the creators of Wagertainment. We bring you none of the hot take BS. We bring you best. We bring you sports. I don't care about bragging rights. It just introduces more volatility into the equation. I don't care about victory laps. Stop it. Please stop it. <laughs> Throw the football into the floor. The BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Yes, indeed it is. You Better You Bet. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley. It's amazing to be here with you today on the BetQL Network. Every game here, Game 7. No hot take BS on this show. We bring you the bets. And we bring you the sports. And we're coming to you live today from the Odyssey app. The BetQL app will be simulcast by our friends over at Stadium from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. We're on YouTube at youtube.com backslash Odyssey Sports. We're on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash BetQL. And heard on radio stations nationwide, including our friends on satellite radio, Sirius Channel 160 and XM Channel 205. As Ken and I bring you the wagertainment. We're talking all things sports betting. Proudly presented today and always by the king of sports books, the great people at BetMGM. Download the BetMGM app and visit that website, BetMGM.com. And do so today on this T3. Three words and they all start with the letter T. And listen, it was a magnificent football Monday yesterday, and today is a terrific football Tuesday. December 12th in the year of our Lord, 2023. Less than two months from Christmas Day. Absolutely gotta love it. Our show on Twitter, at You Better You Bet. I'm on Twitter and the Gram, at the Costos, and Ken Barkley. He's going, making Tommy DeVito proud before the show, because he's on X, at Lobby I am having chicken cutlets. I'm having uh, chicken parm for dinner. I I guess we all have a little DeVito in us, I guess. I got I, my my only thing with the cut with the chicken cutlets is I prefer veal cutlets, like just a m- minor gripe. Both chicken cutlets right. and veal cutlets both delicious. I think I slightly prefer veal, but both are absolutely outstanding. And your your I'm cutlet power ranking? Get veal ahead of yeah. chicken. Yeah. My uh, my sister had a very brief stint as like a veggie. I don't think she was vegan. I think this was like before vegan was a thing. So like fifteen years ago, like a brief stint as a vegetarian, and I remember we were out to eat and I ordered veal. And she looked at me and said, like, with a straight face, you're going to hell. And I remember sitting there thinking, like, wow, oh. pretty intense. Uh, like, related I, I can't story, hear you. I'm enjoying this delicious meal. Sorry, I'll get back this, to you. This delicious, yeah. this delicious baby calf. Um, yeah. And a related story. My, my sister eats meat again now. So, so, so there you have it. So hopefully, maybe both of us are going to hell. Uh, Ken is on X at Lockie Lockerson. And on this terrific Football Tuesday, we're going to bring you four Phenomenal guests. Uh, fantasy football playoff time officially now, basically for every league, kicking off this weekend. Our pal Jamie Eisenberg, lead fantasy football analyst for CBS Sports. Jamie will stop by to get you set to win your fantasy football matchups. And we'll talk prop bets coming up and over-unders coming up week 15 in the National Football League with Jamie Eisenberg. Hashtag the intersection of betting and fantasy. How about this? Super Bowl champion, Brandon Marshall will join the show coming up in the second hour as well. Of the Denver Broncos, Super Bowl champion linebacker Brandon Marshall on the Broncos all-decade team in the 2010s. Brandon, as we tell you each and every NFL Sunday morning here on You Better You Bet's Countdown to Kickoff, Marshall, 
the co-host of Inside the Betting Lines from 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Sundays with our pal, the candy man, Adam Candy. So if you haven't heard our guy, Brandon Marshall, former NFL linebacker, doing betting content with us here on the BetQL Network, can't wait to introduce him to you, our audience. So Brandon Marshall, former NFL linebacker, one of our teammates here on the BetQL Network, stops by in hour number two. We'll talk the Broncos game against the Lions on Saturday night and the rest of the slate coming up week 15 in the NFL. We go from Super Bowl champion. How about pro football Hall of Famer and Westwood One NFL analyst and Pete Prisco's like real life best friend. That's actually true. They're really good friends. Pete like like helped get him into the Hall of Fame. That is our friend Tony Baselli will stop by the show today. Hall of Fame left tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Does awesome work for Westwood One, one of my Westwood One teammates. Tony Baselli will join us in the third hour of the show. We'll talk among other things. The Jaguars and the Ravens on Sunday Night Football. From Duval, can't wait to welcome Tony Baselli to the show. And then, one of our Hall of Famers, the first ballot, you better, you bet, Hall of Famer, the great Matt Moore, joins us to kick off the Power Hour tonight. Loaded slate in the NBA. Matt Moore is going to give us side total and prop bets. We'll talk all things association with our friend Matt Moore. And maybe we'll ask Matt, hey, man, freaking Pistons going to win another game this season. Also, can they like can they cover a spread? Just just ask You know, by like we'll a talk point. To Matt. <laughs> like, you know, by like, I, could they lose by seven? I gotta tell you, man. Yeah. I gotta. I gotta. You know what? We'll 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 get to. That you used at a some great point. adjective when you texted me last night. Jokerific. That was a jokerific <laughs> fourth quarter. That was just a jokerific like... fourth quarter. It really was. Yeah, that's. Uh, and just not to spend a lot of time on this, we'll get to everything else. But they had a sequence in the fourth, and if you like tailed us on the bet, or you bet the Pistons, or if you bet Indiana, just watching the game where the Pistons had multiple three point attempts to get like like. Like, get it to six, basically, right? Like, so you're, like, decently inside the number at that point at seven and a half with the end game coming up. And uh, and missed all of them and uh, end up losing by eight. And also had a chance to shoot a three at the buzzer, and instead Bogdanovich takes a layup, and uh, we lose by half a point. De- Detroit basketball! All right, so Matt Moore will join us later in the show to talk all things NBA. Plus... Ken and I are going to finish our handicap of Week 15 in the National Football League, and in doing so, we'll review what was like a spectacular Monday Night Football doubleheader. Like two games that you not, might not have thought would be would be superb based on the point spreads, but both of them turned out to be really compelling. So we'll talk about the games last night, and we will hit this weekend. The Battle of the Bays, Packers and Bucks, Titans and the Texans in the AFC South. CJ Stroud going to play in this game? We'll talk about it with the point spread. The Titans against Will Levis and the Titans. Uh, the Dolphins and the Jets on Sunday after Miami's stunning loss last night. The Saints and the Giants. Who's got the better quarterback in that game? With Derek Carr and Tommy DeVito. We'll break it down. Ravens and the Jaguars on Sunday night. Eagles and the Seahawks on Monday night. All coming up over the course of the show today. We will also close the book on week 14 in the NFL as I will attempt to hold the haters and losers accountable, the people that screwed us this week. Week 14 in the NFL, the people that got under our skin, the people that were slaps in week 14. He's a slap coming up later this hour. Empower Hour final hour. We'll feature all our bets for tonight. Had a muted slate last night on the ice, which means we got a ton of games coming up tonight in the National Hockey League. We'll roll through all of them, give you our bets. Best of the best for tonight in the NBA. And and the games we've already bet coming up for week 15 in the National Football League. We are locked and loaded. Terrific football Tuesday after yet another night, Ken, in a long, a long line yeah. of where neither of us gets any sleep because these games no. are so damn compelling. My friend, how's it going? Yeah, good. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Like, look, actually, like, really looking forward to just sleeping tonight um, and hopefully not having uh, 
don't have any NBA games go into like triple overtime and have somebody score 80 points or something where I, I feel like I have to stay up to watch every single second of what's happening. I don't think we're going to have that uh, tonight. But yeah, I mean, we could start with the games from last night, obviously. You know, like at NBA, was there were a lot of NBA games last night. Basically, none of them were particularly good. They were all pretty garbage, to be honest, versus, you know, the, the end. I think we maybe we got spoiled by the end season tournament because we ended up with a bunch of bleh, last night in the uh, in the NBA. Not a lot of hockey games last night, as you alluded to. So there's a bunch tonight. So really, like even more than usual, the NFL games take center stage like there just wasn't a betting event or a sporting event that not even nothing would rival the NFL, but even came close. And so. It was great that they were great games because there was just nothing else to watch. And they they both delivered. Well, it's funny because I guess they delivered on a, le- a huge level for like for everybody. I mean, I you know, people that bet the Titans are probably really happy today. Like, how are you feeling down 14 in the fourth quarter after just a ridiculous series of turnovers, too? And then Giants Packers, it kind of felt like either team late had a chance to maybe cover that number. The Giants were inside the number for a large percentage of the game, but it felt like at the end there was there were a lot of side drama, maybe not a ton of total drama with both games. And then the, the you know the the appetizer, the first two and a half hours of the game honestly was me going through the what I think a lot of people were going through, a, an emotional roller coaster based on the health of Tyreek Hill and that Dolphins game last night. So it wasn't just like traditional I bet this side, I bet this total, like what happened in the game, the entire game, basically, you're kind of on pins and needles because we don't know whether like the most impactful skill position player is going to play or not. And that roller coaster ended up kind of uh, that, that defined my night, basically sweating whether or not Tyreek Hill was OK. And, um, and by the way, Mike McDaniel, Miami Dolphins head coach, literally addressing the media right now in South Beach. Tyree Kill, day-to-day with his ankle injury, which, oh, and, and offensive lineman Connor Williams, torn ACL, done for the year. That offensive lineman, like, tatters right now for the Miami Dolphins. So Tyreek's day-to-day, I mean, b- based on what he's done all season, like, came back into the game last night, you'd think that he's going to play on Sunday um, against against the New York Jets, but may not be 100% for that game. So, look, like, we'll we'll get into everything that happened last night, the side drama. You mentioned not a lot of total drama. I, I was sweating the total in the, the Dolphins, the, the over over 45, which ended up hitting in a big way, obviously. Right. Very much in doubt, though. 13-13 before, as you said, like the Titans' comedy of errors with a couple insane turnovers, the muff punt, and then Levis like missing Derrick Henry on like a simple like a pitch play that we see a million right. times per week in the National Football League. But kind of like I felt the same way you did in both with fan. And I know a lot of fantasy football players did as well. I got a bunch of notes from people. Oh my god! Like I'm I'm down by one point right now. I have Tyreek Hill. Am I gonna lose? Like, is he not going to do anything yeah. the entire game? Ended up with 61 yards. I've got bets on Tyree Kilken, Offensive Player of the Year. I bet him when we did, right, to win MVP. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if that that's going to happen at this point now. The MVP bet at least, but he was not going to win MVP. Tua Tagovailoa, because that Dolphins offense without Tyree Kill, absolute hot garbage. Take us through kind of your roller coaster last night with the Tyree Kill experience, and then we can get into some other stuff from the games. Yeah, so usually I'm able to settle in around like eight o'clock. Uh, our show ends at seven Eastern. Uh, I put my kids to bed and we have like all these routines that we kind of do with them. And I, I do all that stuff because my wife is usually tired of them by that point because she has them all afternoon while I do the show. And so I usually usually take me like an hour, like eight ish. I'll usually settle on the couch. And uh, so fire up both games and, you know, Tyreek gets hurt you know, pretty early on, like has one catch, you know, early on. And you're like, all right, here we go. Like going to going to have a big statistical night. Then obviously it gets kind of like horse collar tackled by, by Sean Murphy bunting. And like right away too, like it looked, and I, my wife know, like, I don't know, maybe uh, as you, as you and your wife, as you like continue to grow together, how much sharing there is of like, 
betting and like what you need and like what has to happen. Like my wife kind of knows what I have in, especially like these like really macro award markets or like if there's a championship event, she knows like what team I need to win. And like, these are things that, that we share the nuances, like the day-to-day stuff, not so much, but like, she knows that like Tyree kill, like I, I would like him to do well. Like that's like the best way to explain it. And if he does well, that's good for us. And if he does poorly, that's bad for us. And she could just tell, like I I'm watching kind of on the edge of my seat, he gets tackled and I'm immediately just like, Oh no, like, Oh, like I'm like talking out loud to nobody in particular. And uh, like, Oh God, no, oh, no, <laughs> just he's like rolling around and we're hitting the ground. And these horse collar kind of like drop tackles have been really disastrous for players suffering injuries before. And he knew that's what that was. So immediately I'm just immediately in not like damage control, but just like re reassessing everything. Okay. Um, if it's this, what happens? If it's this, what happens? If it's this, what happens? And, you know, you start to kind of do all that, all that stuff in your head, all those calculations, and you don't end up in a great place for a little bit because you don't know what's going to happen. And then it becomes pretty clear right away that he is hurt, but he's limping around everywhere. Even when he's not coming back in the game at halftime, he limps to the locker room. He's clearly not 100%. And, but it becomes pretty clear right away that it's like it's an injury, but it's not the season's not over. And, you know, like, you know, next week even seems plausible in that situation, in that situation. So you kind of go through that roller coaster of like it might right in the moment, it might be the worst thing ever. I mean, him to win offensive player of the year, not from a profit standpoint, but from an investment, like the actual money I lose is by far the biggest of all the award. I mean, not even close of all the award markets because I had to lay. I mean, I was able to get a lot down because the price was short, uh, even money plus one ten, plus one twenty, plus one thirty a few weeks ago. And so, like him getting hurt, it's like that. He's the worst guy that can get hurt from a what I have invested standpoint, not what I win. And uh, so I was concerned, and then you're kind of like half concerned, and then he comes back in, and you're not really sure. So it was, yeah. I mean, it really was a roller coaster. I don't, like the roller coaster's not done yet either. Like I don't, I don't know what this is going to be the rest of the season. It certainly makes you a little nervous, even if it's like, oh, but he's going to be okay and he's going to play cool. But like any wrong tackle aggravates this further. So yeah, like I, you said, it's a roller coaster last night. You're right, and it's not over, and it goes for the entire rest of the season basically until week 18. And and look, like whether you bet Tyreek offensive player, whether you bet him to an MVP, whether you bet his props, whether you have him in fantasy, best ball, play him in DFS, like the concern is, and we talked about this last weekend when Brian Baldinger came yeah. on the show and like I went on Baldy's podcast and he was saying that he talked to Tyreek before the Commanders game and Tyreek said to him, like Baldy said to Tyreek, like, hey, like you're, you're going to get this 2,000, man? And Tyreek's reply to Baldy was, man, I got, I got all these injuries I've been playing through all season. So it's kind of like the specter that's been hanging over things for a while for Tyreek Hill. And he's left a couple games, and when he leaves the game, it's like Jalen Waddle does. And it just it's the ultimate compliment to Tyreek Hill because Waddle's really good. And he ends up doing like what looks to the plain eye like a really bad imitation of Tyreek Hill because Tyreek's like... Uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. Like we have, we haven't seen many players like this. And Jalen Waddle's really good, but he's but he's not Tyree Kill. And I think now, like, and again, I just laid out a couple different scenarios for people. Whether you're like Ken or whether you're like me, and you bet him in award markets, you've got him in fantasy for the fantasy playoffs. It feels like every single time he gets tackled now, and I'm not trying to like have rat- ratchet up like the stew of anxiety or just being honest about what this is going to be. Every time he gets tackled, I'm going to be like, is this dude going to get up right now? Because he's dealing with so many different injuries now. And he's he's a tough sob, and hopefully he hopefully he guts it out for everyone, and he's able to make this happen. Uh, facing the Jets on Sunday, 
I'm sure that defense and that secondary hyper aware of Tyree Kill's various ailments. Uh, on the other side, we'll continue to roll through what was a pretty memorable Monday Night Football doubleheader. We'll eventually turn our attention to the games coming up on Sunday. We are just getting started here. You better you bet on a Tuesday with Nick and Ken. The hold, the kick, the win for the Giants. All I standing next to Dave's. We were uh, at first. I don't know if you wanted me saying this, but at first he wasn't gonna look. And then he was like, "I'm gonna look." I was like, "All right." So we stood right next to each other, and it was just as soon as we saw it going, just pure excitement. I grabbed him, hugged him, told him I love him, and celebrated with my teammates. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Oh, hashtag Dave's. Love it. Re- already on like a nickname basis, DeVito and, uh, and Giants head coach Brian Dable. Joe Buck with the call last night. Fat Randy with the game-winning field goal for Big Blue as the Giants beat the Packers 24-22. And then the voice of Giants quarterback and it's like nationwide sensation. And I don't, I don't need to tell people. I guess maybe I do because if you don't live here, maybe you wouldn't know that Tommy DeVito is like the biggest story, period. Not just in sports, just like period in the New York metropolitan area right now. And obviously kind of like uh, take, taking the nation by storm a little bit with his very Italian father, very Italian agent, very Italian mother in the stands doing like the Italian hand gesture, like kisses on the cheek for everybody last night. Like uh, honestly, like v- very highly entertaining. Also, as a big Giants fan, I desperately wanted Bullock to miss because I have all these Packers bets. <laughs> it's like I'm at Matt LaFleur and to make the playoffs. So I found myself in an interesting position last night, and we can talk about what this means for the future with Tommy DeVito, etc. But we can talk about the game last night, obviously. The Giants winning and come from behind fashion at the very end after Love finds Malik Heath uh, for a touchdown to put the Packers up. A brutal game by Jordan Love. They almost escaped at the very end. And we barely even touched on, Ken, the actual game played with the Dolphins and the Titans, where Miami's up 27-13 with a couple minutes left, and, like, this bleeps a wrap. Like, game's over, just like, can Tennessee score a touchdown to get this over the total for us? Like, never in my wildest dreams would I have imagined that the Titans would come back to win the game and score 15 points at the end. Mike Vrabel going for two, uh, down eight to make it a six-point game. They get the ball back. Brutal, brutal finish from Tuatunga Vailoa. Brutal game play calling from Mike McDaniel. He had Admitted as such after the game. So the Titans upset the Dolphins. Giants upset the Packers. What a Monday Night Football doubleheader, Ken, to wrap up Week 14. Yeah, and it was. I was trying to think about it in both cases. Like, after the fact with any game, I just go, all right, like, could I have seen any of this coming? Was any of this predictable uh, or more likely to happen than something else? And in the Giants-Packers case, I, and we talked about this going, and we talked about this last night when we were talking about betting the game, just like the Packers had given you like just such incredible performances in back-to-back weeks and the they were in a different kind of a betting market than they were the, the in the previous two games like huge dog and they exceed expectations and now they were in a situation where they had to blow out the giants in order to cover the number and they they got bad and they got bad and it made the number like less appealing i think to a lot of people like myself but it's i at least look at that performance and i go yeah like it's just really tough to be consistently good when you're like an average nfl team like you'll have these three two three four week periods where you play well or don't play well and i mean the packers have like you know blown out brett rippon and they beat the lions and they beat the chiefs and they almost beat the steelers so they had all these games where like they had played pretty well you know you hate to be so uh so cliche but they're kind of like due for a clunker honestly and that was that's what that was and they played awful um and it happens i think with like mediocre quality teams sometimes in in all sports but in the nfl especially so like there was a part of that where okay like yeah all right 
yeah, okay, like Giants win the game or just it's a closer game than people think. Sure, like it's tough for the Packers to sustain that level of play for a long time, even with an easy schedule. The other game, I mean, like you could be like if you bet the Titans, I mean, awesome, honestly, you probably feel great today. <laughs> and there is an element of well, Vrabel is like a huge underdog, a situation where he used to thrive a lot of the time. They've been an underdog a little bit more the last couple of years because they're terrible. So it doesn't it's not like he covers every number or whatever. But, you know, like earlier in his career, or even a few years ago, like they would win these games a lot. So like maybe there was a part of that, like he's a coach you would want in that situation to pull off an upset. But I mean, even in the first few minutes of the game. So it's like even like however you thought the game was going to play out. And it's not that these players even left for very long, but like in the first two minutes, like Mostert gets hurt, Jalen Waddle gets hurt, offensive linemen get hurt, Tyreek gets hurt. It's like okay, like oh, oh yeah, sure, sure. Like the and that oh, despite all that, it's a fourteen point game with three minutes left. There was just it felt so ra- everything in the game felt very random and very unpredictable. And like oh wait, that's what's going to happen. And then is Tyreek going to come back or not? And sometimes he does, and sometimes he doesn't. Like the whole game felt unstable it felt wacky because of honestly the Tyreek injury more than anything but also just like all of the injuries for the Dolphins and it just it created this like really funny game that I you didn't see coming whatsoever and then it like sort of concluded with just a crazy final two and a half minutes with as you mentioned Vrabel going for two they stopped the Dolphins on the next drive with really conservative play calling by McDaniel and then you know like on the other end uh end up scoring again so yeah like the Giants Packers upset like, it's not like I was here with, like, a mountain of Giants money line or something. But you can at least, like, we saw, we were hinting at this going into the game. Like, this was very possible that the Packers couldn't sustain their level of play. Dolphins-Titans just kind of feels to be where, like, you get in it and, oh, like, this is going to get crazy. Like, could could never have seen a lot of this. Time. I mean, injuries are very unpredictable. That that game felt more like that to me than, than something, like, much broader or, like, much more where, like, at the start of the game, you would have been like, you know, the Dolphins are going to lose this game because of A, B, C, and D. It just felt like it was all so random. Um, we can we'll spin this at some because we got a bunch of games we have to hit still coming up week fifteen in the National Football League. We've got uh, in fact six of them that we that we still got to hit to wrap up our handicap of week fifteen today on this terrific football Tuesday. Uh, he's a slap can start next segment. Um, we'll roll through some games in week fourteen. Ken and the haters and losers. I'll try to hold them accountable. But just betting betting wise here, anything else from last night could be coach of the year with McDaniel losing obviously with Lafleur losing. Could be any thoughts on like the Dolphins and the AFC East. And I'm like I'm setting you. Up with a couple things it doesn't have to be those things just kind of like any, anything coming out of those games that kind of tickled your fancy from a betting perspective that we can talk about here before we kind of spin things forward mike vrabel coach of the year uh no i think like miami's for, i mean miami's gonna time. be the discussion <laughs> yeah, almost, maybe he should just win every year the guy's awesome he's uh, i mean he's awesome he, he's he's just really good it goes for two in the right spot last night and it's kind of like you know why do coaches always do that because that's the run out that you want where you get the ball back and you actually score and win, um, which doesn't happen very often because being down 14 stinks. You don't win very often in that situation. Yeah, I mean, all of the applications of last night's game from like a you know a, a season-long market or a futures market or anything like that, they're all going to be because of Miami. It's all going to be stuff that Miami's doing. It's not really going to be any, like Tennessee's not eligible for anything. They're not going to win their division. I don't know if they've been eliminated technically from contention, but like they're not going to win their division. They're not going to go to the postseason. None of their players or coaches can win awards. So it's all a Miami conversation and you know let's be honest uh whatever the ceiling of the team is it might be still a pretty high ceiling uh it keeps taking a hit as they keep losing a lot of players to injury and it's you know you want to go into the playoffs and you know everyone has injuries every team even the teams that maybe we like to win have some players that are hurt but obviously you don't want 
you know, as many injuries as the Dolphins had last night. And then you look at their schedule now and this again, it's just like, I'll just keep saying it. I don't care. Like it's a really long season. Like you all of a sudden, it takes one game. Like think about how you felt about the Dolphins going into last night's game. It takes one game, suffer some injuries, loses and loses a dog. Now everyone's just like, Buffalo's winning the division. Miami sucks. Miami, Miami, like Miami's going to be the seven seed. Who would ever want this team? So many injuries. Like Tyreek's hurt. You know, it's like Tua can't, Tua can't win a game. Like, it's just so funny how this stuff, it's all so hot, cold, how these teams run. And Miami's like the most recent victim of it. So look, like I've, I've never bought Miami. Like I don't have any futures on them to win the Super Bowl. I don't have any futures on them to do basically anything uh, in a postseason capacity. But yeah, like it's just uh, they're kind of up against it now. That's really easy to see. And with the schedule that they're playing, you know, I think a lot of outcomes are in play for them that aren't really as good as people thought going in. So yeah, like we can do coach of the year next and we can do awards certainly. But yeah, like I think, you know, you look at the AFC who like who won last night. Like Baltimore won huge last night. Like Baltimore, like Baltimore is going to get these teams to come to their place a lot of the time now. Maybe they beat San Francisco Christmas night. Maybe they don't. And like, however you feel about the Ravens, and I'm like really skeptical that I ever want them in a postseason situation, honestly. But however you feel about them, like the like the draw is getting better and better here as as some of these teams start to get knocked off, and it becomes more possible, more likely that they get the number one seed, and people have to go to that place, and it's a tough place to go and play a game, and you know. Kansas City might have to go there and Miami might have to go there and Buffalo may have to go there and that matters. So, you know, Baltimore definitely won Kansas City won, but like Baltimore is going to be the one more often. So I I think like they're the big winner from last night. Yeah, it's all, you know, very predictable kind of negative Miami implications going forward. And and I think a big win. I know you alluded to this in your answer, a big win for Buffalo. Like for the Bills, and obviously like coin flippy game coming up on Sunday for the Bills, like at home against the Cowboys. But they win that game with the way that this is going to run out for Buffalo. So Justin Herbert, and this should come as no surprise to anyone. We haven't done it on the show yet. Um, Justin Herbert's done for the year. So he's placed on season-ending injured reserve by the Chargers. Going to undergo surgery right on the fracture that he has in his index finger on his throwing hand. So he's done for the year. So we knew he would miss Thursday night's game against the Raiders. Now he won't play until next season, which means that on Saturday, December 23rd, the Bills get... Easton Stick. And not that they were like not going to win the game anyway with Herbert playing, but like now it feels like they're a lot more likely to win the game with Easton Stick. Then it's Bailey Zampi at home in week 17, and then on the road at Miami in week 18. Remember, they beat Miami. They blew Miami out back in week three. So I think it's if my if if Ken Buffalo gets past Dallas, you would imagine that Miami still has to play Dallas. Miami's got to go to Baltimore. Miami might lose on Sunday to the Jets. We'll talk about that game. Um, like Miami drops one and Buffalo wins the rest of theirs going into week 18. Like that's winning in. Like winner of that game wins the AFC East and gets a home game in the first round of the playoffs. And I mean, look, like, of course Miami can win that game. Like, of course they can. Like Tyreek could be fully healthy for that game. Miami could run up a ton of points in that game. Definitely. Just I, I, I don't know the way I kind of think about that game. I think I'd have a hard time thinking that Buffalo wouldn't be riding a ton of momentum in that spot. I, I, I still think Miami's in and I like Miami. But I, to your point, Ken, just to like really pound it home, like I, it's a, it's a terrible night last night for the Miami Dolphins. Like a terrible, terrible, no good, awful night for the Miami Dolphins. Also, Mike yeah, McDaniel, like, call more run plays, moron. Yeah, I mean, teams are going to lose games throughout the course of the season. Like that's not it. It's just, uh, yeah, like lose a game is that big of a favorite. Uh, it's a conference game and your division rival just had like their biggest win. So, I mean, we can do, we can do the, the AFC East where the bills are still like three to one ish to win the division in a bunch of places. So it's not like this became, 
some coin flip outcome and uh and it's really it kind of hit that that division because i know you're really excited about buffalo i think a lot of people are really excited about buffalo i'm excited about them because we bet them before all this happened and now all those yep. bets have improved really well like i have a matchup of them in san francisco in the super bowl that's like already been cut in like you know it's i think it was like 58 to 1 and now it's like 20 to 1 that they're going to play in the super bowl or something like that's great awesome like no problem um I guess my problem with like the 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 division stuff now or betting Buffalo now, it's not that it's like a bad. It's definitely not. It doesn't have to be a bad bet. Like we could be in the middle of an arc like we don't have to be at the end of it. But just a lot of good things have already happened and everyone's seen them happening. So like in order to buy Buffalo now, you have to feel like there's actually even more good stuff ahead. Like you never want to bet based on what just happened. And I know like sports works this way where like everything on television is reactive. It's all what just happened. It's all who just won. It's all that guy sucks or that guy's great. And it's all about what happened already. And like betting at least like season long betting or like awards or futures or anything has like actually nothing to do with that and has only to do with what is to come because that is how prices are going to change and improve and like go in certain directions. So like, yeah, Buffalo can win the division. Sure. Yeah. They got way more likely to win the division because Miami lost and because they beat Kansas city. Also, everyone knows that and saw that and that's in this. So like in order to make the bet, you have to be even more bullish than what's already happened. And so so and it, it, I say it doesn't have to be a bad bet for this reason. If you really like Buffalo against Dallas on Sunday, then that's like another in to bet more Buffalo. Like if you think they're really likely to win that game, they're only a two and a half point favorite in the market right now. That's what's built into the AFC's pricing like that. That's a coin flip. If you don't think it's a coin flip and you love Buffalo, a, I would say just bet Buffalo in the game, but like, okay, then you could still buy Buffalo because you think that there's, again, there's more good stuff on the way. Like, it's just, I, I think sometimes it's like, it's always the thing that just happened. Oh, well, we got to go bet that guy to win an award because like he just won. Be like, no, 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 he just won. It's already in there. Like, now, what's the next thing that's going to happen? What's the next game that's going to get played? Like, that's what you have to be thinking about. So, you know, I just, I'm, I'm mindful of that. So in this situation, like, I don't know if we're, kind of halfway through a thread with Buffalo where they're like gaining momentum, but it's not done yet. Or if we're like at the end of it, like they had this huge win, Miami had this huge loss. And now it's kind of like, all right, there's nothing to do here anymore. Like the time to bet Buffalo was last week. And now it's just, you're, you know, you're, you're going to make a decision at some point later on. I don't know where we are on this kind of like Buffalo story arc right now. And that makes it a little difficult to say, like you should go buy something. So uh, listen, probably shouldn't be, reactionary as betters, but Tommy DeVito is going to win most valuable player, right? right. This is going to happen. I hate to alarm everyone, but that's in the works. Yeah. And like, and, and hey. chicken cullets for everyone at the, uh, right. uh, just as a Giants fan, man, it's all, I, I kinda, it's just kinda really don't fun. know what to think, right? And it, there it, aren't a lot it, of it things is, that are fun. Yeah. Like sometimes the NFL, you're, like you're we love right. the NFL and it's, yeah, like there, we love the NFL, but man, like I gotta be honest, this time of year, like I look at this board and I just groan. Like I'm good on so much of this. Like I don't care about so many of these, like half these games. Who cares? And it's like, yeah, like you know what it did? It took a game last night and it made it really fun. <clears throat> Excuse me, like really, really enjoyable. You root for this stuff, like that, like it's so whether whether he's the long term quarterback, whatever, any of that stuff. Like I don't really care. Like it took something that was gonna be less fun and it made it way more fun. And in a lot of these NFL games, you think Thursday night couldn't use a story like that? Jesus. 
it's uh it does make it more fun and it's a great story also like i i would like like jaden daniels or like drake may to be the quarterback yeah. of my favorite team moving forward and now like it's probably him. not going to happen right. on yeah. the other side p squared b squared week 15 in the nfl and he's a slap we'll close the book on week 14. You had a lot of yards given up in a short amount of time. You had a shorter field position, and you had an offense that went three and out. You know, that's the only, literally, the only way that that could happen. So yeah, we we all get to share the share the blame, in in, in my opinion, or I, I at least know the locker room felt a hundred percent responsible. I think that's what you want. I think there's a lot of people that are going to be uh, it's going to be tough to go to sleep tonight, including myself. So. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. I don't know, maybe like call some run plays, Mike. Look, Mike McDaniel, forgotten more about offensive football than I'll know. I don't know, also like, I feel like I can't be the only person that's played a lot of Madden watching the game last night thinking, what the hell is this guy doing? On offense, had a great season, obviously, really good head coach, brutal, brutal play-calling game, in my estimation, for Mike McDaniel last night for the Miami Dolphins. We will talk about Mike McDaniel and uh, his position right now, coach of the year. Uh, three favorites atop the market at BetMGM with McDaniel, Dan Campbell, and D'Amico Ryans, followed by Shane Steichen of the Colts. We'll get to coach of the year coming up later in this segment uh, in 20 minutes from now. We will be on stadium for a couple hours, and we'll have great guests joining us in the stadium two hours. Jamie Eisenberg from CBS Sports, former NFL linebacker and BetQL Network teammate Brandon Marshall, Pro Football Hall of Famer Tony Baselli. Matt Moore will join us in the Power Hour, also giving you all our bets for tonight in the Power Hour, and we'll finish our handicap of Week 15 in the National Football League. The sinister six of games to hit. I don't know which one's like Dr. Octopus and which one's Electro. Maybe we'll figure it out as we uh, as we move uh, along. Can't wait to give out our bets for those six games left to discuss week 15 in the NFL. But for now, Ken, we got to hold accountable. You know how this works. The haters, the losers, the morons, the slaps that screwed us week 14 in the National Football League. And we do that as always with He's a Slap. Ritter me this, everybody. What the hell was Desmond doing? First drive of the game for the Atlanta Falcons. Man, like, you bet the Falcons. I guess, like, you could go with Young Way Koo here. It's like, oh, Young Way Koo, best kicker in NFL history by percentage. Also, like, is there anyone that would rather have Young Way Koo, like, take a big kick over Justin Tucker? Or even, like, Brandon Aubrey, who might already be, like, the greatest kicker in the history of the net, banging 60 yarders through, like, their 20-yard field goals. The guy's unbelievable. So it could be Young Way Koo who misses a couple field goals, and everyone wants to say, oh, it's Young Way Koo's fault. Also, like, Young Way Koo's made, like, nine game winners this year. No. Desmond Ritter is the slap in the Tampa Bay-Atlanta game. Literally first drive of the game. Bijan Robinson wide open for a touchdown. Desmond Ritter literally, I would say, looked like me throwing the pass, but I'm not sure I could have even gotten it out to Bijan Robinson. So a little better than me, but just like not even in the zip code of Bijan, who would have just walked into the end zone. Would have won me like some more money in daily fantasy. Maybe you lost your fantasy matchup. Maybe you lost some prop bets. Maybe you lost bets on the Atlanta Falcons. Desmond Ritter makes that pass. Desmond Ritter doesn't have the other, the, uh, the, 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 the pocket awareness of like a 13-year-old blind animal. Maybe Atlanta ends up winning the game. Instead, Atlanta loses the game. And we lose a bunch of stuff if you had it. Related to Desmond Ritter and B. John Robinson. Desmond Ritter. Ritter me this. Why is he still playing? Desmond Ritter. Big time slap. Indianapolis and Cincinnati. You know, on Sunday morning, I called him the big bouse, Zach Mouse. 
And then Zach Moss went out there and did what he did the previous week when Jonathan Taylor got hurt, which was absolutely nothing. Million opportunities for Zach Moss. Fails to do anything with any of them. The clock has struck midnight, and Zach Moss has turned back into a pumpkin. Maybe we should change his last name to, like, Mintern or something. And he can, instead of being Zach, the Big Bows Zach Mouse, he can be the intern, Zach Mintern. Because he ain't a bouse. Needs to change his name. Maybe Zach Slap would be pretty good also. Like, can we get Jonathan Taylor back, please? Because this guy's an absolute jabroni. How about the Browns and the Jaguars? Uh, tip of the cap here to our pal, Tyler Morales, who turned 31 over the weekend. Everyone send Tyler Morales birthday wishes on his Twitter account. At Tyler Morales Zero. I think that's his Twitter account. Ty Morales Zero. Tyler, very upset with Calvin Ridley. And if you bet the Jaguars last week, you should be upset with Calvin Ridley too. Somehow turning 13 targets. Like uh, Jonathan Mingo had like a million targets from Bryce Young and turned into two for 22. That ain't Jonathan Mingo's fault. You watch the game. Bryce Young couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. But this is like Trevor Lawrence puts it on the money to Calvin Ridley. And Calvin Ridley can't catch. Too busy putting in parlays, which is cool if it's me or you. Bad if you're an NFL wide receiver. Ridley turning 13 targets from from Trevor Lawrence somehow into four catches for 53 yards. How's it possible? Like, li literally resulting in two interceptions for the Jaguars. Look, good for me. I bet the Browns. Bad for you if you bet the Jaguars. If you've got Ridley in fantasy. Calvin Ridley, big time slap. Jets and the Texans. You know, it sucks to say this because they won the game, but Bob Sala... How are you not the biggest slap here? Look at what Zach Wilson did. Threw for 300 yards. And it's not that Wilson's great. Obviously, though, he's better than Tim Boyle. Obviously, he's better than Trevor Simeon. What were you thinking going to Tim Boyle for a couple games? You could actually had it set up to have a run out where Aaron Rodgers could have come back at the end of the year. But instead, you got boiled. You were stupid. You were a slap. And that's why you've made the list despite a 30-6 to six win. Uh, we'll go to now the Baltimore Rams game. Hey, Todd Munkin. Hey, air raid offense. Enough Gus Edwards. Six carries, 15 yards. You got a Ferrari in the driveway in Keaton Mitchell. Enough with this three-man running back by committee nonsense with Justice Hill and Gus Edwards who's slower than me. You got Keaton Mitchell. Give him the damn ball, Todd Bunkin. You slap. Also, congratulations on, ra on rattling 30-plus points in a win this past Sunday. Bears and the Lions. Everyone said Jared Goff was going to turn into a pumpkin. They were right. Jared Goff outdoors. Jared Goff, he's really cold. Jared Goff, baby hands. Jared Goff, throwing picks. Jared Goff, putting the ball on the turf as the Lions lose yet again. Jared Goff, showing his true colors. Outdoors, Jared Goff, absolutely a slap. I think we'll skip the Saints-Panthers game because what more there's there to say about Bryce Young? It's really bad. Uh, Raiders and the Vikings. Honestly, it's the worst performance by an AOC since... Is there like a political joke I can tell her that won't offend some people? Probably not. Probably Aiden O'Connell, Aiden O'Connell, so bad. Like, honestly, like, it. they should have started Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in the game. They would have scored the same number of points, and it would have been more entertaining than it was with Aiden O'Connell. Because not only are the Raiders bad, but they're boring right now with AOC. At least put Ocasio-Cortez out there, and let's make some social media headlines. You want to get you, you want the, you want to get the attention away from Tommy Cutlets? Hashtag the squad. Put our Ocasio-Cortez out there. Aiden O'Connell, big time slap. Niners and the Seahawks. Uh, I like the post game report that Kyle Shanahan was going to get a Christmas gift for anyone who got under DK Metcalf's skin. It uh, doesn't take much to do that. Just like breathe in his general direction, and he's ready to, to punch your head off. DK Metcalf's like the kid in like grade school. You know how to push his buttons, get under. Is going to make him really mad, except in this instance, he'll kill you. 
DK Metcalf, slap. Bills and the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes. Really, it's Rich Patrick. You get every single call in the history of the National Football League. Like, how about the end of the Super Bowl against the Eagles? Like, begging for the call, uh, the holding call on James Bradbury. Get it to gift you a Super Bowl win. And now complaining to Josh Allen, complaining nonstop like a little whiny baby. Patrick Mahomes is a slap. Broncos and the Chargers. Great job by Chargers GM Tom Telesco preparing for a potential Justin Herbert injury. Here's Easton Stick now. Rest of season backed up by Hacksaw Max Duggan. Ho! Tom Telesco, big time slap. How about the Philadelphia Eagles? Man, they looked well coached these days. They look like a team that really cares. It's one thing for Nick Sirianni to have that, that fat, stupid face that he has when they're winning all these games, getting to the Super Bowl. Another thing when they're getting blown out every other week. Nick Sirianni, big time slap. Mike McDaniel, Monday Night Football, Dolphins and Titans. Call and plays like a stone college kid playing Madden. Honestly, that's an insult. I was a stoned college kid calling better plays in Madden than Mike McDaniel did. Big time slap. And then the Giants and the Packers. Fat Randy. Hey, Fat Randy. You couldn't miss that kick at the end to get up our Matt LaFleur Coach of the Year bets more live. Packers to the playoffs make that more likely. Fat Randy. Go eat a cheeseburger, Randy, and hit the couch and start missing some more kicks to wrap up slap for Week 14 in the NFL. All right, Ken, let's talk some Coach of the Year here where we've got Mike McDaniel, Dan Campbell, and D'Amico Ryans as the co-favorites atop the market. Shane Steichen right behind them. What do you make of this insane market now? And we'll do more on uh, futures markets, obviously, and award markets as we move uh, further into the week. Yeah, on th- Thursday show will be fun as we as we go through some of that stuff in more detail. Just uh, something I think is, is going to end up being really interesting here. Like the market was really set and like week after week after week after week, Campbell and McDaniel were really low priced. And we talked about it on the show. At first, I was like really, really, really reluctant to think that they had any chance. And then Campbell put together a, a really, really gaudy record. And I would come on, I'd be like, I don't think there's, I think a bunch of weeks I just go, I don't know if this is going to get crazy. He might just win. Like there's nothing to bet every week. There's just, it doesn't seem like there's a lot to bet on. And maybe it was going to play, you know, some of the time it's going to play out that way. And, uh, and it hasn't. And I actually think, you know, like, a little exaggerating on my part and i you know i'm prone to hyperbole sometimes on this show i would proceed going forward like Mc, mcdaniel and campbell are zeros in this where they cannot win cannot win the award um i think you can play out some permutations that are very very like one in a million type stuff where they do win like everyone loses three games except them or something you know like those kinds of things where like well what if this guy loses twice and this guy loses twice and this guy loses twice and this guy loses twice? it's like well cool but like you're gonna bet a three to one on that permutation or like what about when like any of the other things happen who wins so the thing that's going to get really funny i would just remind people you know like the you know yes the great team coach does win sometimes the guy who wins 15 16 games like that coach does win you know 10 percent of the time but like the 90 percent of the time is the improvement coach and like the guy you know the guy who wins every year most of the time brian dable last year why do those coaches win so often by the way because they have an incredible margin for error they can lose a lot and it's okay it's like totally fine whereas like campbell and mcdaniel like they were they're on a knife edge the whole time maybe they could have won out and won the award but they didn't they lost and i honestly think like maybe mcdaniel can get back to a finalist maybe campbell could be a finalist and like be one of the top three vote getters like I'd be proceeding like these guys are zeros. Now the problem you'd be like, wow, zeros, there must be so much money to make in this market. Then Nick and I were talking about this earlier. I just go, look, like even if you cross the both of them off, you cross off Matt LaFleur, you can cross off a couple other guys, maybe that 25, 40 to one range. Even if you do that, there's not like some path to riches here because you have to get the improvement coach right. 
And these are, what is an improvement coach? He's the coach of like a mediocre team that's going to win nine games. What does that mean? He's going to play a lot of coin flips. He's going to play a lot of games where he's a small underdog. Who's going to navigate this correctly of D'Amico Ryans, Shane Steichen, and Sean Payton, who I think are like the three most likely coaches to win the award right now. They have a margin for it. You might be like, well, what if they all lost? Here's the thing. They have a margin for error. They can lose again, and it's okay. Like, you basically, all you want to be thinking to yourself is, who's the nine and eight guy who gets the sevens? Who's Brian Dable? Who's the nine and eight guy who gets like the last seed in? Who's that guy? Do I think I know who that coach is? They're all candidates, and that's probably the guy you want to bet right now. I can't wait to talk about this more over the course of the week. Thursday, a massive award show the National Football League. Hour one done, hour two for you coming up on the other side. We will start it getting you set for the fantasy football playoffs and to bet props in week 15 with our friend Jamie Eisenberg from CBS Sports.